way, Jesus entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed to him into her house. She allowed him in, but she becomes distracted. What is, the causing, what is causing Martha to become distracted? Is it the preparations and responsibilities of work, family, hobbies, whatever have you in your own personal lives? Martha seems to be concerned of her own well-being, self-centered, um, preoccupied with herself. She tells the Lord for Mary to help her. And uh, it, it seems like it becomes a little bit selfish in that moment, and legalistic by you know, telling her, because she tells the Lord essentially for the Lord, for her to help her in that moment of her preparedness or preparedness of what is before her. And um, in my own life, I, having to come to know the Lord, I've experienced a sense of entitlement, which I believe we all have experienced one way or another in relationships for myself, not wanting to wait upon the Lord, simply spending my finances in ways that were unnecessary. Can I be honest? I really didn't care if I went to jail. I really didn't care um, at that point in my life. I was living like I was, I was living like an unbeliever. I was living like a, a brute beast, if you will. And um, it was almost to the point where if somebody would step on my shoes, it gave me an opportunity to, to respond in anger. That's how, that's how violent I was inside. There's a lot more to that story, but I won't get into it. But I will say that distractions are deception of the evil one. He gets us to take our eyes off Jesus and look at ourselves. And Luke 14, 11, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Why is, Mar- why is Martha becoming worried and upset? Things are not going her way, not willing to yield or slow down or let go of control. When we have a tendency to get upset because someone isn't carrying their own load or maybe not keeping up with the Joneses, as the world would say. Spiritual pride also has us become critical in judgment towards others in our hearts and not measuring up to our very own standards or expectations. We believe Jesus died on the cross for our sins, so who are we to judge others? In Romans, uh, uh, Romans 2, 1, Therefore you have no excuse, O man. Every one of you who judges, for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practice the very same things. Why does Mary choose to sit at the feet of Jesus? An act of submission, knowing that the presence or words of Jesus is all she needed? Haven't you found that when we spend time with the most, spend time with the one who first loved us, dealing with others becomes so much more easier and peaceful, not so easily irritated, or frustrated in life in itself. A joy that is unspeakable where nothing really matters. Yet care for every moment that presents itself before you. We become so interested or involved where the well-being of others becomes more important than ourselves. What an interesting key that where our focus no longer is centered on ourselves on what we want, but the needs of others. This, I believe, is where we become more like him and we allow more of him and less of us. Why did Mary leave Martha with all the work? 
There was, maybe she had no interest in, in, in pleasing Martha. I'm sure Mary did not want to be consumed by the busyness and all the preparations that needed to be made and not allow man to determine her steps as she continued to follow, follow Christ in relationships. I'm sure you'll find in your own conviction whether you're helping to please the one who asks or please the one you serve. There are very fine lines we cross when we come to pleasing others. The one we serve, I believe we need to be sensitive not to continue in the direction of pleasing others. You may find yourself becoming bound or by legalistic expectations that will not produce fruit that lasts in our lives and eventually finding ourselves discouraged and burnt out from the pressures of life. Mary choosing what is better, choosing the one who is, she is a servant of. God is, 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 is so gracious to us. He doesn't give us more than we can bear and he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, like Steve was sharing earlier. Making time is only a God, is, is, is it, making time for God is only a, a means of fulfilling an agenda of our own. Making room for God is allowing him to not only come into our lives, but allow the fullness of the Holy Spirit to live through us. Martha, when we open our home or hearts to Jesus, we need to be sensitive not to allow various acts of the sinful nature to deceive or consume us however we choose to. If we're deceived by it, we potentially lead into bondage or pits. In Matthew uh, 6, 25 to 34, I'll read, therefore, therefore I tell you, do not worry about what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Excuse me. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who are you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Praise the Lord. I have quite a bit of scripture, so you don't have to follow with every scripture that I, I, I have, um, uh, I guess, prepared in my heart for this, but I will um, kind of, um, of course, lead you in that direction. Distractions come from the Latin dispart or trahir, being dragged away from your task, unable to focus, 
Um, Martha has chosen to become consumed by her own agenda and preparations she felt needed to be made when the very one who came to be with her became secondary in her life. We will be challenged by this very every day of our lives, making no provisions for the what? Flesh. I think we can all agree we have experienced our Martha moments. We can burn out in our jobs, studies in school, simple responsibilities at home, ministry. Um, Distractions, can we say there be good intentions in some cases, however, by what means were you driven? They can lead into unfamiliar areas of sin, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, or pride. Very dangerous areas of sin that can lead, uh, that can cause so much destruction of relationships in marriage, friendships, or even a church body of Christ, leading us away from the very purpose of our lives. In Galatians 5, 13 to 26, I'll read, 13 to 26, I'll read, um, you, my brothers, were called to be free, not to use your freedom to indulge in sinful nature. I, I just have to stop on that in, this, in, a, in a very quick moment as it comes to me. You know, when I, I, I came to, I, I came to when, I was, when I was coming to church and, um, you know, I just, I just felt like, I just felt like um, I used God's goodness to cover up the evil acts that I had committed throughout my day, to be very honest. I, 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 did, I did it almost intentionally. Um, but yet when I went to work, when I had my full-time job, I found myself trying to please others. You know, when we'd have casual conversation, I would say, well, yeah, I went to church this Sunday, you know, and, and that would be it. I wouldn't go into the details of what happened other than that. But I let people kind of see the better side of me, you know, by thinking that just going to church, oh, this guy's holy, man. You know, when really I was just living like a brute beast. I was, I was living in evil. I really was. So it's so important, you know, for us to, to, to not just... I, I don't want to get off track, but I, I do want to... I just do want to say, because that, that jumps out at me personally. If I didn't know, and I'm still learning, please, I'm just, I'm just hitting the surface of these scriptures, as you can see. I'm just hitting the surface. I'm just... I don't even know if I'm, I've broken the surface. <laughs> Honestly. You know what I mean? So, but what I'm simply saying is the very little that I have, 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 have taken from scriptures and, and, and really not only applied it in my life but believed it helped me to be where I am today. Honestly. That's the goodness of God, man. Like it's, it's faith the size of a mustard seed. It doesn't take great faith. We serve a great God. So it's not for us to think that you need great faith to, to, to fulfill what Christ has already fulfilled. He didn't come to abolish it. He came to fulfill this. It's him who we believe. We don't believe in ourselves. We believe in the one who we serve, which is Christ. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit 
and what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are at conflict with each other, which, with each other so you do not do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality. When I, when I heard of these acts of the, the, the sinful nature, like in my, my, my walk, when I was struggling in sin, when I was living in it, I was living in, I wasn't, when I was living in it, we're all sinners. I think we identify that. That's what we've identified when we came to know the Lord, right? But when I was living in it, and I was, uh, you know, through the process of, 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 of reading God's word and so forth, the one that came up most to me, to be very honest, if I could be very honest, even before the youth that are here, was sexual morality. I, I was like, why does he mention this so much? Like, well, at least it, to me, it seemed like that's what was coming out at me mostly. And I was, I was, really, I was really held bound by the, 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 the sin in that in itself because I found that... I found that... Um, I was committing myself to things that were idols that I put before God. And we all put idols before God at various times in our lives. And some, some, some unintendedly come into our life too as well where we don't even realize it. And next thing you know, you're far off into the, the left part of the, the wilderness but I'll continue to say that the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those that live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I, have, um, I came across two, uh, two examples of dis- men that were dis- distracted in their lives, and I just was going through that. And um, one of them was uh, Samson. Samson was distracted. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said. But I have been a Nazarite, set apart to God since birth. If my, if my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that she had told her, he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, Come back once more. He has told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands, having put them, put him to sleep on her lap. She called the man to shave off his seven braids of his hair, and so began to subdue him, and his strength left him. Samson, the, for those may, that may do not know, Samson was a boy vowed to be a Nazarite. He was set apart from uh, at birth. He was set apart to God at birth to begin the deliverance of Israel from the hands of the Philistines and allowed his relationship to distract him from his purpose, what God had intended for him. If we fail to remember why, who we really are in Christ, this will always be a vulnerable place attack from the enemy. 
In Samson's case, where his vow as a Nazarite was persistently contended by Delilah, she tried and tried to distract him from who he was to confide in the secret of his strength. Sexual immorality was a, was a great distraction for many people until this day and age that we live in. People have become so consumed by loneliness. I was there, I'm telling you. It has caused such an anxiety to jump into relationships that were either in haste or not living and according to the will of God. Being unequally yoked, as the Bible would say. And then in David, however, 2 Samuel 11, verse 1, was the second example that I came across. In the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men, the whole army, the whole Israelite army. They destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. That very point right there where David had remained in Jerusalem is the the point that um, what led became a distraction. I don't know personally, maybe somebody could help me, that why David, um, if it was intentional, why he uh, remained in Jerusalem. But um, if, you, if, if I'll continue, okay, and I'll continue from that. Sorry. It happened late. It happened late. One evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of that palace. From the roof, he saw a woman bathing. The woman was very beautiful, and David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, Isn't this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? Then David sent his messengers to get her. She came to him, and he slept with her. She had purified herself from her uncleanness. Then she went back home. The woman conceived and sent word to David saying, I'm pregnant. So David sent word, this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. So in the, if you'll jump to uh, verse 14, um, In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it with Uriah. In in it, he wrote, put Uriah in the front line where he'll be fighting the fiercest, then withdraw from him so he will be struck down and die. There was a motive here, it seems. Um, David, David, in his distractedness, sleeps with a beautiful woman, Bathsheba, who he saw off of a rooftop. And um, now, now, after sleeping with her, is convicted, but doesn't go to God for forgiveness and help. And he tries to cover up his tracks. I find in our life, we do a lot of that in our lives. Very, our heart is so desperately wicked. Thank you for that. So desperately wicked, you know. And you know, I've heard, I've heard, uh, I've heard a story where you know, um, David, well, David, uh, David Valley, had asked somebody, um, "So, how is your relationship with Christ?" 
And the person responded to him, I, 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 I've decided to follow my heart. Right there, that in itself. When, you know, when, you, when you're familiar with scripture, and scripture says that the, the, the heart is desperately wicked, and you come to terms that, with that in your own life, you have to ask yourself, what's wrong here? Something is not right. That's deception. If it's not according to the will of God, then there's, there's a, a massive deception. And, and that's why it's so important for God's word to be uh, a lamp to our feet, as Chris shared in that prayer, you know, light unto our path. So uh, as I'll just continue here, sorry, I'm kind of just diving off course here, which is okay, because I'm not staying with exactly what I have. So praise the Lord. So I'm trying to retrack back. Thank you, Jesus. It's good though. He's given me the freedom to do that. And, I, and, I, and I'm enjoying that part, right? Thank God. Yeah. So. Okay. So I'll continue with David was a king and his responsibility was to be at war with his men. That was his responsibility. Initially, when he had sent his men to war, he was to be with them, but he chose to remain in Jerusalem where the distraction took place. And, um, and because he was there, they created an opportunity, as I said. So whether they were uh, uh, pure or not, I mean, it produced a fruit of sin, as you can see in Scripture, right? So when he was... Um, when he was uh, not, he chose not to. And I, and I believe that that happens with us. Is why it's here. We choose not to go to God. We choose to hold on to it. And, and, then, and then a man who trusts in the Lord will not be put to shame. But you know, when you, when you learn to trust the Lord, you will not be put to shame. You'll be able to confess your sins with one another. Transparency, eh? God creates it. He creates the opportunity for us to be transparent with each other so that we don't have to be shamed by our sin. That's why he died on a cross. Come on now. That's why he died on a cross. If he didn't die on a cross, then, I mean, then the guilt would be on us. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. There is none. Praise the Lord. So our God disciplines those he loves. And I'll just share with uh, Lamenta- Lamentations 3.55 you don't have to turn to I called on your name O Lord from the depths of the pit you heard my plea do not close your ear to my cry for help this, 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 was, a, this, was, a, this was a part of my life Leviticus 26.14 I think I'm missing something here but I'll read what I have punishment for disobedience but if you will not listen to me and carry out all these commands. And if you reject my decrees and abhor my laws and fail to carry out all my commands, so violate my covenant, then I will do this to you. I will bring upon a sudden terror, wasting disease and fever that will destroy your sight and drain away your life. You will plant seed in vain because your enemies will eat it. I will set my face against you so that you will be defeated by your enemies. Those who hate you, those who rule over you, and you will flee even when no one is pursuing you. If after all this you will not listen to me, I will punish you for your sins seven times over. You know, discipline is, 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 is um, the Lord loves us, man. 
And it's so necessary in our lives to be disciplined. And it's why us as parents, um, as we've experienced in our own way, sometimes I think that we've, we've gone over the top too as well though. Sometimes I literally think we take the law into our own hands. And that's your conviction. That's our own personal convictions, right? That we have to bring before the Lord. But I do believe it's so important that, that uh, for children, you know, to not withhold that. Whatever that punishment might be, if it's taking away their iPod or whatever that's causing them to be distracted and leading them into areas of sin so that they can be quiet in themselves and see that these are the things that lead you in those areas of sin. They're distractions. And that's why it's so, so important as parents to be able to... to um, love our children with that sort of discipline. Um, how can we say to our children if we don't... It's, it's, how would God... How could God say that he loves us if he doesn't discipline us? It's not pleasant, like what Chris shared. It's not pleasant. But does it ever refine us? Does it ever... Ref- it, it, there's, there's such an appreciation, I believe. I can, think you can attest to that now as you being able to say that on the stage. I believe you can appreciate that now, that the, 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 the God's kindness leads to repentance. And through that discipline, his kindness leads to repentance. And it's why we could sit here today and be in fellowship with one another and, and seek the Lord. Right now we're seeking him. You're not seeking what the message, what is God speaking? And that was my heart. I said, I don't want to, I have no part in being up here unless the Lord speaks. And that's why for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. But his word is so beautiful. And and I I mean, I don't want to apologize for bringing so much scripture, but I don't want to pretend like I don't know. I don't want to pretend like I know something and I don't know it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, this is, this is who I am. Like you said earlier, we're all different. We're all different. I'm here to just encourage you, church. You've encouraged me so greatly in my walk of faith. It's why I could stand here now and encourage you in return. So it's, it's not something that uh, we look for uh, uh, recognition. It's just we appreciate one another in love. Right? So praise the Lord if I could just continue. The enemy is here to take our eyes off of Jesus, whom we are justified in and our identity is. If he can get us to look at ourselves or convince us otherwise, even for the moment, it can cause us to fall or stumble. Distract you from your identity. Your identity will constantly be challenged because the enemy knows as if he could convince you of something other than who you are in Christ, he will get you off course in the purpose of our lives. Also with the busyness of life, we either become to slow down or move too fast in our lives as you're aware, God's timing is not our timing. This is perfect, of course, as you're aware. So um, the enemy tries to get us to be anxious to respond quickly or be in fear that the opportunity will not present itself again in relationships for one. Employment. I, these are the only two that I came. That I, these are the only two that I came up with. Relationships and employment. I don't know why, but I just, I just feel the need to ask I mean, as older ones, maybe Greg, uh, whomever else, the older ones, what are some of the distractions that take us away so that the younger ones can see and be aware of these schemes?
that the devil devises in our lives to take us our, our take our eyes essentially off of Jesus. How can we expect a bad tree to bear good fruit? Matthew seven eighteen says, "A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree does, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire." Often we make life difficult for ourselves trying to find resolve in our own way and time, even to the point of asking others until you hear what you've been longing for in your own heart, to have this to be the confirmation that you've been looking for, being consumed in ourselves. As Martha Martha accused both Jesus and Mary, why why would, why would Martha, uh, in this point of preparing everything that needed to be prepared? Because there are things that need to be prepared in life, would you say? But why does she accuse Jesus? Why does she accuse Martha, uh, Mary? It's almost like she was, um, I don't know. I, I would just, I would call it... Uh, spiritual pride, more or less. I don't know how else to really get around that. You know, um, you're not living up to my expectations. It's like superseding Jesus's expectations. <laughs> you know, and, and who are we to tell, if we're, the, if we're the clay, who are we to tell the potter what to make of us? That's, that's not our, it's none of our business. And, and nor is it our business for God says it's, it's for him to harden whom he pleases to harden. Even when it's, it's, it's um, very, I found, that, I found that very, I don't know, man, that really gut trenches me. I don't know where that scripture is, but um, it, it comes to mind where, where he pleases to harden whom he pleases to harden. And essentially I believe that you know, um, it's a form of, of discipline in some sense, almost like being in a pit. We become so we so we become, we become so consumed in ourselves that our focus is not on the one that we serve, which is Jesus Christ. We're just serving ourselves. We're, we're serving men rather than we're serving God. And I believe it causes us our hearts to really uh, be um, causes a desperation. I would say causes some sort of a desperation where it would, it would give us the, the, um, the desire to turn to him simply as Mary did. Because even, we, we even when we think that what we're doing in the time of our preparations, um, why do we feel that we need to prepare that? Is it, was it the instruction of the Lord? Or did we just have this agenda that was set out before us to go ahead and do this? So I'll just continue with, uh, I don't want to get too sidetracked, so I'll continue with Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 11 to 17. I had that. You don't have to turn. I'll just, I'm just letting you know where the scripture is. I'm going to. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness 
and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather be healed. Praise the Lord. John 10, 10 says, the, um, the thief comes not only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life, have it to the full. Mary knew she was approved by Jesus, and she knew, he loved, he, 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 she knew that he loved her. She did not turn to Martha because of her demanding and accusing ways, so never was interested in seeing, seeking her approval, Martha's that is. But Mary knew Jesus was interested in her as a follower of Christ. Why is Jesus rebukes Martha for being so consumed in her own self, knowing that she had been anxious about fulfilling her own agenda in her own time? For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I was still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Galatians 1.10 says, the thing about, I, I, I find if I could just share on that, that little note right there in itself, I remember um, hearing that it's so important that we, 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 we put no person, be in family or marriage, before the Lord. It's so important. I think that, I think, that, I, I believe this, I believe this, I remember one, uh, one time when my mom, she took, she took place very sick last year, as the church would know. She took very, very sick. She, she, she near passed away unexpectedly. And she got sick within four days. And my mom's sitting there with the red, red hair. Praise the Lord. But in that moment, I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't lost, I've lost family, but I haven't lost immediate family as yet. But in that moment, I had a glimpse of what it is to lose somebody you love. In that moment, I really had a glimpse how much, how dear my mother is to me. She's, she, she has been so special in my life. She's been a father. She's been a mother. Uh, this isn't part of this. That's why I could look up. But I do, I do thank God for you know, showing me that you know, I need to fix my eyes on him so that when the day of mourning comes, we'll be able to go through those trials. He is our comforter. Man can't comfort. I mean, yes, he saved us so that we can comfort others, yes, but no one can comfort us like Jesus. Right? Amen? So, praise the Lord. Thank God my mom uh, came from that. But Mary was approved by Jesus. She was. Praise the Lord. So, do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone who, as obedience, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you were once of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, having become slaves of righteousness, Romans 6, 16 to 18. Mary knew in her heart Jesus was the Son of God. She sought him because of his righteousness. Because of his righteousness, she denied herself knowing 
hers was of filthy. She humbled herself with a willing spirit and sat at the feet and listened. He works out our salvation with trembling, fear and trembling. That's, that's what God, that's, he has begun a new work in us. He'll work it out today in completion of Christ Jesus. He works out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that fear that I would say um, would be a fear that is so healthy for us as people. It's not a kind of fear that the world gives. I'll kill you. But he, it's, it's a fear that gives us the wisdom to choose what is better. Just as Mary did. She chose what was better. Martha didn't choose what was better because she was consumed in her own self. And I believe that this fear leads into a a healthy relationship, first and foremost with him, and then we'll be able to live that with others. Praise the Lord. And then um, Proverbs 3, 5, 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Praise the Lord. When we know our, our, our identity in Christ, we're more than conquerors. And when we're in trouble, we could call upon his name. For those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise the Lord. And, you, you know, it's, it's beautiful weakness that he gives us and the grace that he's given us. He's given us a beautiful weakness for where the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. In your weaknesses, I would hope and pray that even as grace had encouraged us, today when you hear his voice, do not harden our hearts. To turn to the Lord. To turn to him. Simply turn to him. In any moment, situation that you might be in, to turn to the Lord. As, I mean, that, 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 that very small verse means so much to me. Because I have hardened my heart in many occasions. I mean, I, I, I'm telling you to the point, like, even with my wife, in that moment, I could find myself becoming hard. Who are you to tell me what to do? I, gotta, I have an agenda to meet. This is what we have to do. In that moment, I, I'm running to the cross. She doesn't see it, but I run. I'm like, sorry, Lord. But praise the Lord, though, right? That's how he redeems our relationships. That's how it's so redemptive. Every relationship is redemptive, right? And it's through the, the, the leading of his Holy Spirit. And, it's, and, and that's part of keeping in step with him, is being sensitive to his Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to, I'm going to um, go into... Uh, Continue her. I just want to make sure that um, where I'm at, I don't want to miss this point where I'm at.
but I'm getting there. Mary chooses what will not be taken away from her. God's word and prayer. As the busyness of serving takes priority, then the devotion where Mary chooses the better. We come out of step with the Spirit of God. When we become devoted to the Lord, we serve him wholeheartedly as if we're serving the Lord, not men, as scripture would refer to. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is testing that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Praise the Lord. How are we to serve him and live in the freedom of Christ unless we know his will for our lives? His word will deliver us from trials or temptation. The Spirit of God in us uses his word when we meditate on God's scripture or read it. That's why it's important. That balance, you know, I I believe this with my heart wholeheartedly that prayer is fueled by scripture like Pastor was saying. And that fuel sets the Holy Spirit on fire that's inside of us. And when that scripture is used, it's used in points of our life when we're unaware of it. It comes to life in us. It speaks to us. It directs us. It counsels our hearts. It counsels our lives. And that's why it's, it's so important as about close your door into your room, go into the room and pray. But, but read the word of God. Scripture is so paramount for us to... I'm not there yet. But it's my conviction. It is my conviction to meditate and read and study the Word of God. It's my conviction as I stand here right now. So I don't just say this to a body of Christ. I say this, I include myself with this. I'm just encouraging you as a church to to, to not only um, just have one facet of the life of a child of God. Because, again, how will we know what the will of God is for our life if he's already spoken it? And now the power of the spirit that's inside of us is used to fulfill what Christ has come to fulfill. Praise the Lord. So, I'm getting there. Praise the Lord. Second Peter 1, 3-4, I'll read. His divine power has granted us to all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us the precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of the sinful nature. It's a privilege to serve the Lord. It really is a privilege to serve the Lord. For those who are discouraged and believing otherwise, it really is a privilege. And I'm not assuming that you are discouraged. I don't want to assume that. But I remember the reason why I say that because sometimes I needed to hear that when I was discouraged. I really need to hear those words. I just did. But I just, I just, um, I would just, I would just, uh, 
hope and pray that whatever that situation that ever you're in right now, that you would come to know the experience, the fullness of Christ, and to see that it's, it's a privilege. It's a privilege to, to be a child of God because he chose us. We didn't choose him. So this wasn't something that we um, predestined them because of our own works. God came to fulfill it through his son. And he died on a cross. And he's given us the faith to believe that, that uh, he died for our sins. That's why it becomes a privilege, because of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. So, as we have seen in Luke 4, Jesus overcame 4, 1, verse 1. Jesus overcame Satan's temptations by quoting from Scripture. He knew it by heart. <laughs> the word became flesh. He was the. He didn't come to fulfill. The, he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. The word became flesh, and and because when the Satan when Satan came to tempt Jesus, he was. He he says it is right here. He says it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you, you know. Again, I'm not there, but I'm getting there. One day at a time, by God's grace. It, it, it really is, uh, God's word is, has become so um, different in my life. I'll say that simply. And I remember one time when I was, I, was, uh, I was sharing with my wife just recently. I'd put my hoodie over my head and I'd be in prayer and I'd just be like, lights out, no noise. Plug everything out, so to speak. Just quietness. And I want to hear the voice of the Lord. And I'm just like, in my, my own quietness, and I'm just like, and I, got, I really got discouraged. I really got discouraged. I felt like, I felt like, what is this God that I'm supposedly a child of? I'm calling on him. I'm trying to talk to him. It's like calling somebody, and then you saying, hello, are you there? Have you ever had those? Like, you don't know who's in it's the problem? like cell phones. You don't know whose end is the problem. You think it's yours, right? So I got discouraged. And um, one day he spoke into my heart. And it was was very simple. And that wasn't an audible speaking, but he gave me the faith to believe that this is his word. So his word became the lamp to my feet that I needed. And it really, it really set me apart to do what he wants me to do. Even standing up here now. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is way out of my expectation. I did not plan this, nor did I pray for it. Well, I don't know about that part, but God will use a donkey. He'll use me. You know what I mean? I'm glad you all can laugh at that, right? You know what I mean? Even if it's at me, I'm glad you could laugh. I like the humor. That's good. Praise the Lord. But I'll continue to say, wow. And like newborn babies, infants, pure for pure spiritual milk, so that by it you'll grow up in your salvation. First Peter 2, 2. You know, we've all tasted and seen that the Lord is good. We've all tasted that milk. We've sappled on it like our... Our children have, 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 have had bottles, even ourselves at one point in our very own spiritual lives. He wants to grow us up in our salvation. 
And one of those ways I find that we have uh, been hindered by the walk of, uh, in our walk is becoming distracted. Distracted with busyness of life, even our very cell phones, you know. That's why they've had this new distraction thing now where if you get caught distracted driving on the road, they'll take your license or something like that for like three months. If the, if the laws of the government see this to be so, such a distraction, how much the God that we serve? If they're willing to take away your license for three months, and God is, is, is Martha, Martha. He rebuked her in this moment. Eh? Why are you so worried up? He says right here. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip a lot of this like what I have. I'm going to skip a lot of this. You know? This is freedom, right? Praise the Lord. Um, if I was to ask you, church, what is the one thing that is needed in your life? What is the one thing? There's a lot of, there's a lot of times where we, we try to find resolve in our own lives regarding... Um, our situations, relationships, um, our jobs, our vocations. Um, but what is the one thing? To make room. And not be crowded by the busyness of life. Make room. Have you been making room? Not time. Not looking at your watch. Is this over? Even right now as I share a word, is this over? Are you making room? Are you making room? I think it's, I think it's the turning point for all of our lives to, to not have God as a, 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 to be an agenda of our lives like Steve said earlier, going through it, you know, that tick box thing. You cross it off. You no longer look back at it. What is it that makes you feel like um, you're not making room and you're making time? I believe that making room, as Nino had asked me, to make room for my wife in my life, very, very, very profound, eh? Her response, make room. That's all she said. And she didn't even hesitate. I believe that making room for a prayer life by devoting ourselves to God. Making room. Let us serve him while sitting at his feet. God doesn't want to destroy relationships. He wants to build them with him so that we can build it with others.